Hi, and welcome to the Fast Break. Uh, you got Leslie and Teta checking in. Uh, we've got Emmanuel Shine in the building, Brian Sabadi, our usual sh- suspects, and our special guest, Sandile Shangesi. Um, uh, seems that he might become a part of the team, even though we might have to trade him for Brian, though. Brian, we, we No, we I think Brian exhibited some technical bro they're trading us shine i won't lie bro you know we we could let you go um I was kyle kuzma so, i'm being longer to the team <laughs> oh wow hectic i think you know i think the viewers deserve to know what has happened here today so <laughs> you know we jump on we record the show um <laughs> We elected Emmanuel Shine to to record the show. We actually got through 30 minutes of dope content. It was ridiculous. It was dope. <laughs> Your boy in the middle of the show on some, yo, guys, I forgot to press record. I, we have no words, but uh, here we are, take two. Um, we usually, we're a one-take team. He, like, he we're can't, he can't team. make it next week. We don't know what happened, but he's not available for the next couple of weeks. Uh, uh, surely that's some <laughs> Surely that's some sort of flagrant flagrant one. That's at least a flagrant, flagrant one. Mate, and, and you know the league on Mondays or whenever the day after they release, if there's a fine that you need to pay. Um, and, I, you know, we might have to discuss this further. But welcome to the Fast Break. Got a jam-packed show today. Um, I think the beautiful thing about shooting the show on a Thursday is that, uh, and particularly this Thursday was, had we, have to, had, we, had we had to shoot the show earlier in the week, I would have had to deal with the LeBron 46, the hype. Luckily, you would have called him shot... sick. You would have said you can't make it. <laughs> Luckily, <laughs> we were shooting the show this Thursday, you know, and, you know, there's a humbling spirit in the air. Um, but, you know, guys, there seems to be someone that's constantly watching the Lakers owls. And then in the morning, they're throwing shade into the into the WhatsApp group. Um, Brian, you know who I'm talking about, bro. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big shade guy. I'm a big shade guy. But there's someone who's committed to the to the Lakers shade, bro. What do you think is happening there, Brian? And I don't like how it comes across because it's, it's always a, a morning Laker fan. That's aggressive. <laughs> why, why, why are we fighting? Yeah, no. Nah, I, yeah. I had a call with him today, though. Him and I had some words. I don't, I don't like the way he did that, so... We Sometimes you gotta call dudes. It's like, yo, bro, stop throwing shade at me and what's up. Are we good? Like, are we all right? Like, do you, do you wanna do, is, do you wanna work it out? Him and I had a chat. <laughs> all right, yo, but uh, look, we got a jam-packed show today. We're gonna get into the Lakers and talk a little bit about them. But where we absolutely have to begin, guys, is in Washington, the Capitol. <laughs> oh. They stormed the Capitol. We just had uh, the inauguration of uh, President uh, Biden. Um, Maybe that's what happened to Washington. They were storming the Capitol <laughs> and then they forgot. Their to problem work out. started before this. Their problem started. Before they need, they need to storm the front office of the Wizards. That's where they need to storm. God damn. <laughs> you know, so so there's two angles that I, I, I just want to set the scene a bit, right? So I want to get into Bradley Beal, and we'll talk about that other, you know, that other dude that runs up and down the court. Russell but Westbrook. From, from a Bradley Beal side of things, guys, like you've played ball before. There's certain guys that I've played with before that I know no matter how many points they score, the nature of their production just doesn't deliver wins, right? You've played with them. You've scrimmaged with them before. You've practiced with them before. Even other teams I've played against, like, dog, when I played ball, yeah. there's other teams that are like, ah, dog, that guy might get the 20-piece Oaks, but I promise you, fire turn, yeah, he's going to turn it over a few times and he's going to shoot the rock 40 times to sh- to make 10 shots, right? But in the NBA, historically, there's a few guys that have showed that type of like, like you watch them, they're good, they're streaky, 
but it will not deliver the L. I mean, it won't deliver the W. Guys like Ben Gordon, if you remember Ben Gordon, he played for Chicago a bit at a point. Monte Ellis was one of them, dog. Monte Ellis was a blur. He was beautiful to watch also. Such a slick game. Ah, but dog, via a W, never on his shoulders. Uh, modern day guys that kind of play that way. I think Russell Westbrook, clearly for me, is one of those dudes like his production doesn't curl all the way it's through the roof he, he produces the most but but it doesn't, but it doesn't you know what i mean anything. you understand bad team. bad team bad I hear you. team my accusation of bradley beal is simple guys i just believe he's one of those guys but what i want to throw out to you guys and i'm going to kick off with brian where do you think is the most ideal landing spot for a Bradley Beal? Where do you think makes the most sense for him to go? And, uh, you know, just give me an idea of why it makes sense there. You know, as much as Leslie and I go back and forth on the internet about championships and how he likes to paint a picture of how <laughs> oh my I don't care about titles, whatever. I think he should go to, I think his move should be for title contention. Oh, I just thought about another one. His move should be Golden State. I think Golden State, if you pair him up with Steph Curry, for now, in place of Wigan, you have Kelly Oberg at the three and you, you have that little bit of connection there. And obviously, when Clay comes back, you've moved Clay to the three. I think that could be a very solid three where Steph runs the point, but he's got two fantastic scorers on the wing, on either wing, where he'll get the freedom he's always had. This thing of being guarded by three people is sort of hindering his production. So I think he'll have that freedom again. So I think Golden State would be a great one. I don't understand that, uh, but continue. Uh, <laughs> There's definitely some shade. Why? Anyway. All Milwaukee, I think the Bucks need someone that you can turn to in the fourth quarter to give you a bucket. And I think they've got the... Def Washington can't defend, and I think Bradley Beal is also a big part of that. If you're, if you're the best player on the team and the team sucks defensively, surely you have some sort of inabilities as well. So I think his lack of defense will sort of hide behind Drew Holiday and Giannis and those guys. So I think they will help him also not have to worry too much about that side. So I think the Bucks are a great addition. Or Atlanta, hey? These Hawks... These guys need a lot of help yeah. outside of Trey. So I think if they pick up a Bradley Beal with a Trey Young that's coming into his own, Trey Young that's already a very good facilitator, John Collins also coming up, I think, and they're they a very good defensive team. Flipping your boy can get 10 triple-double blocks, uh, Capella. So I think the, the, the Atlanta Hawks are another good team going to land that. But the Bucs will so, turn into a championship team almost overnight. Yeah, I think he, he helps the Bucs the most. He fills up the biggest gap at the Bucs. I think the Hawks would be the most exciting and it would probably propel, um, you know, Trey Young and everyone because then you get that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson connect there, right? Those two would sort of do that, do that and that would probably be a delicious matchup. Yeah. Um, who's the third team? Um, Golden State. See, with Golden State, basically, yeah. So you have Steph at your one. I think Beal is a pure two. I think I think Clay Cad Moonlight is a three. Um, but you all they'll be small because it's Dre at the five. It would be Draymond at the four. But they've always played small ball. I know. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see with the young guns. Emmanuel, Shine, what do you think the ideal landing spot for Bradley Beal is? What makes the most sense for the kid? First of all, I just before I say it, I just want to say, Brian, I see you basically saying that um, Trey Young needs a lot of help in a in an all-star ah. ah. I remember, if I remember carefully, we agreed that Trey Young, for us to say that he's really arrived with the roster he has in the East, seeming as it's the least in conference. Maybe one day she'll answer the question. Maybe I'm one day no less than answer the question. No less than six. That's what I'm saying. Okay, anyway, Shine, thank you for the start <laughs> off with the shade. <laughs> I think I think Indiana's a very good team for him to go to. 
You know, they yeah. obviously lost um, Victor Oladipo and they've gained Karis Levert, who they again lost due to um, cancer, I think it was. But he's making oh, yeah, yeah, covering. Yeah. So we have we've a got guy Indiana like, third in the Eastern Conference, right? We have Indiana yeah, third in the Eastern Conference. Third currently, in the yeah? Eastern Conference. So I believe if he could go to that team, plus he gave his 35 plus points, he's got guys like um, Malcolm Brogdon and the Holiday Brothers there as well. They've got a very good team. And DeMontis Sabonis, who was an all-star last year, there's no reason why that team could not go further than he would if he was in Atlanta or any other Eastern Conference team. Obviously, barring 76ers or, or Nets, I think this is that would be a good move for him. And yeah, okay, that, that's literally you. what it is. That team's got good players. They've got TJ Warren, although he was a false prophet at some stage. He still gives you 16 points a game. That's definitely <laughs> a good team. Yeah, look, at Indiana, he gets himself a bunch of great role players, a few up-and-coming scorers. But I think he needs a big star next to him, a big enough market. But but I I don't know. But the thing is, like you say, I mean, if Indiana's third in the in the Eastern Conference right now without a Bradley Beal, you see, if Bradley comes there and then they start dropping, I'm blaming Brad. But whatever, I want to get into it. Shaz, what do you think is the ideal landing spot for Bradley Beal? Um, I agree with Brian. I think Milwaukee is a good place. I also think the 76ers are a very good place if they can get Ben Simmons out. I think it creates more space for Embiid and they give him gives Sixers a shooting threat, a legit shooting threat. Um, the last one, which I think if the Clippers want to swing for the title this year, they may have to sacrifice some bench. I think the Clippers, if they're able to pull the trigger on that trade, definitely think that would be like the game changer in the West, even though the Lakers will win. So here's a curious question right around just Bradley Beal in general. Is Bradley Beal the best shooting guard in the NBA? Oh. And I'm going to throw it over. I'm going to throw oh. it over to This is a question Shiner. I've been asking for months and months. Can I get my dad? I've no, been Brian. asking this for months. Anyway, and, and Brian, you know, I you, you guys don't get it, but I try to set everyone up for this actually, because I, I kept when I dropped the when I dropped the the AD Giannis no 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 the tears based off Nick Wright's thing. I wanted to hear the current day analysis, right? So it's the same question for Bradley Beal, and I, I know I'm going to be fought on consistency here, so I won't fight it. I can't not say that's not true if we're talking individual production. So when you say the I best think. shooting guard in the NBA, you're looking at his what he is producing, not necessarily ability-wise, yeah, yeah. right? Because I, I would. No, I'm just saying current day, which shooting guards good. are playing really well. Yeah. Current uh, day, okay. who's the best shooting? Brian, guard? I think Les asked me that. <laughs> I think oh, the best shooting guard is James Harden in the league. I cannot argue that. And Even then, today. Today. <laughs> <laughs> he's leading the league in assists and he's averaging 25 points a game and a couple of rebounds. He's still up there, you know, even oh, in the team. Oh, so Shine cares about assists. Oh, you want to talk about assists. Interesting. About interesting Jokic. Interesting Jokic and Embiid. You spoke about I, I, No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Throw it out. Throw it out. And then also, I think the second best shooting guard, in my opinion, in the league right now is Devin Booker because of exactly where he's putting his team. You can't tell me the best shooting yeah. guard in the league leading his team. They're the worst team in the NBA. 30th. That's why I said it's a team. It's a pop team. No, but not the Shaz, Shaz hates the Wizards. If Shaz was I the, the NBA commissioner... 
you would solve the, the Wizards. God, if you're the best shooting guard in the league, there's no reason for you to be 30th in the league if you're playing alongside another MVP. I would just like just a very short rebuttal about a Devin Booker. And this one goes out to Emmanuel Shine and Brian Sabadi, big Devin Booker fans. Uh, currently, the Phoenix Suns are sitting at ninth in the Western Conference uh, below. Guys, and I said in a show, I said, I'm not sure about Phoenix. I, I, the thing is, they, they had a guy who I like, but I don't believe that guy elevates a team to top four in the West. In the West, I could never believe it. I could never believe it. Do we consider Paul George a two? I think he's playing pure two now, guys. He's actually playing no, pure two now at... He is. Playing but he's not a small forward, Sean. What's he's going on forward, guys? Sorry, my bad, my bad. Kawhi's he's playing, yeah. Currently, Paul George used to moonlight as, as small forward P, um, SG, but he's currently purely playing the two. He's, he's like number four. I think I think then, on my end, sorry to catch you, Sean. Um, I would say that Bradley Beal's like number four. I've got to put Devin Booker... Paul George and James Harden above them. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, okay. Oh, James Harden, then I'll put my boy Bradley Beal. That's my list. <laughs> I got two. Um, so, uh, look, a big thing for me in Washington is I have a big criticism for their front office. I think they've made some bad decisions with the, the signing of both Bradley Beal and John Wall. I don't think those contracts were well managed. But we, you, ha- it ha- you have to ask the question about Westbrook, right? Westbrook... Sorry, just one more thing. I'll drop Bradley Bill. Are you recording? There's a guy called CJ McCallum. Anyway. Hey, look, you know, we're going to... Actually, you know what? I want you guys to all in the back of your mind start prepping who you want for your Eastern Conference, Western Conference All-Stars. And I want to hear... Okay, cool. I hope everyone's ready for that. We're gonna we're gonna chop that up at the end of the show. But I was saying with with Washington, massive front office issue. I don't think they signed the signing of John Wall and Bradley Beal. I don't think there was enough thinking around that, right? But above and beyond that, now you got Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook, we all know his character. I just want us to have an honest conversation about Westbrook. And why? What I mean by honest is, I won't. Dog, he's an NBA player. He's an NBA All Star. He's won an MVP. Yes, I can throw all the shade I want at him. But dog, if that guy came and stepped on the court with me right now, he'd say, "Yo, Les, you're talking all this. Let me show you." He'd probably murk me, right? I have to give him respect. He didn't make it this far in the NBA with, the, and he's not earning the money he's earning being bad at basketball. I just don't think he has the composure of a great basketball player. You know how the greats always used to say the game slows down? Like, like the greatest guys would always be like, when I was young, you know, things just kind of seem fast. You don't, but like, as you get better, the game starts to slow down. I, I mean, even like, I must say, when I play now, I must, I, I don't think I play with the same movement and athleticism. I mean, Brian, when we were 2012 playing for, 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 hey, for hey, varsity. Don't I'm, I'm still fresh, dog. I could go. Brian, you are not, dog. In 2012, bro, we <laughs> were shooting yeah, gaps, bro. Yeah. We were athletes. And yeah. now, like, you can get the same production out with just playing a lot slower, right? You play with that 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 basketball IQ. Russell Westbrook, for me, that's what he's missing. Do you guys think he's the problem? And I'm going to start with Shaz. I wanted you to tell me, dog. Do you think no. Westbrook is the problem? No, no, no. He is not the problem. <laughs> he is, first of all, we have, to, we have to put respect on the fact that he is a first ballad Hall of Famer Hall of because Fame. of what he did. That's true. What, yeah. For what he has done. He toppled Oscar Robertson's record, which we never thought would happen. So he's not the problem. I blame the front office for not like, bringing more pieces. We'll get to that. He's still got enough time. Not enough pieces. Washington consistently do this. They put John Wall and Bradley Beal in a terrible situation. Then they gave John Wall 
this enormous contract and we all anybody who supports basketball said what are you doing so i think washington Wizards front office have got to take the blame for everything that's happening in their team they've got two great stars but everybody else is a bum and um He's a great player. He deserves more. Yeah, no, really yeah, nah, <laughs> I never, I've never heard. That's perhaps the deepest shade. Breezy, I know you've been, at times, been able to find the the light in Russell Westbrook's game. But do you think he's the problem in in Washington? I don't think he's helping, but I don't think he's the cause of these outs. I definitely think that his production is definitely subpar. Him and AD are sort of. AD is doing less than what he should, and Russell Westbrook is also doing less than what he should. Just his shooting splits alone, I think it's. Oh, 30, 35, and 60, something like that. So he's really, he's shooting a terrible percentage. But I also genuinely think that the Washington Wizards as a team are horrible. They can't rebound, yeah. they can't defend, they can't pass. You know how LeBron James always said that when he wanted to put, when he, when he got to the Lakers, his one request was put me around basketball players, put him around people that can make decisions and can put him in position to score versus where he's the only person facilitating and he'd have 10 assists a game and then or the, he'd have eight assists a game and then the team would have 15 in total you know what i mean it doesn't that's not yeah. winning basketball he needs people that can make those kind of decisions so when you look at washington i don't think there's anybody there that can play at a even bradley bill himself doesn't look like he has a the highest of iq he's sort of a catch and shoot or make a play but in terms of creating plays for everybody else i don't think he really has that so i think the team in itself is actually lacking a whole lot and they need to get a whole lot better and I would trade Beal, hey? I would trade Beal for some, for a group of dudes that can make decisions. Yeah, and I, see I where it goes from there. Like a Middleton and something like that. Because I think Russell Westbrook coupled with guys that can shoot or guys that can make decisions, then at least he can still be that all-star MVP kind of player, but with people around him that can, because I think in OKC, he also wasn't really surrounded with the greatest decision makers. Yeah. So I think the problem I isn't think, Russ, I think it's the team thing. Look, after nine, and before we get to, I want to hear, I want to hear from from Shineo so about Wes, but after nine games, I just want to yell out Westbrook's numbers, right? So he's currently averaging 18 points on 37% field goal percentage, uh, 30% on three pointers, and uh, where are we? 9.7 rebounds a game, 10.2 assists a game, right? That's um, so terrible. Read his free throw percentage. Read the free throw. Don't leave that. Out. Read that and just look at that. <laughs> and Brian, I'm gonna contextualize that one even right. Russ is currently no. shooting 61.7 percent at the free throw line. Just to give you an idea of his best shooting free throw percentage for his career, he's at maximum for a season. Played 80, 81 games that season. He shot 84.5% from the free throw line. Those are weird drop-offs, right? Those are weird. Exactly. I, 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 personally, it's like you, you... And he shot over 80% for more than five seasons in his career. To contextualize where... so bad. Right? So and I bad. just want to... I want to give you guys an angle of where he was last year. Westbrook last year averaged 27 points a game. He shot 47% from the field, which was his highest of his career. The dude was shooting 25% from three. Personally, I think it's time to just mise the three from his game. And he was shooting and uh, rebounds 7.9 assists, seven, seven a game, right? That was who Westbrook was last season. So that's some context for the man's numbers, right? So Shine, tell me. Yeah. Seth Curry is shooting 59% from three. 
Russell Westbrook is shooting 61% Sorry, from Brian, three. That's incorrect. <laughs> Seth Curry is shooting 50.9. 50.9, I'm When you started this call, everybody, everybody said that they got everybody said that they got I'm the pulling numbers. my data. Oh my god, you got 50.9% on the three points. Seth Curry. Tell me, tell me, do you think it's the, a West Break issue? <laughs> yes, and I'll tell you why. Oh, I remember on, when the James Harden, I mean, the Russell Westbrook and John Wall trade happened. Everybody said Washington had won that trade because Russell Westbrook's a better player than John Wall. If we remember, yeah. the whole of last season, John Wall did not play, all right? Yeah, yeah. And that Washington Wizards team without John Wall is better than a Washington Wizards team with Russell Westbrook. So you can't okay. tell me that the impact of Russell Westbrook is positive because also they've got back Davis Bertans, who's shooting again very well this season, as he's been. He didn't play much of last season. He's back now. You've got guys like Thomas Bryant, all these other guys who are averaging better numbers than they previously did. The only difference to this Washington Wizards team from last season is Russell Westbrook. You've got Bradley yeah. Beal hitting his all-time numbers, and yet they're still doing badly. I don't believe that his production on the floor is the only metric in which to measure this. Surely there's something he brings out that brings the whole team down. Shine, does it not matter to you that Thomas Bryant and this Bertans dude aren't rebounding the ball? These big guys. Dude, they're so bad. They're so bad. Then, then explain to me, how, explain to me how this exact team was better last season without Russell Westbrook, without John Wall. How they and now they get an MVP in Russell Westbrook and they're worse. And you guys still say he's not the problem. Why were they better? Because they played better. <laughs> what do you mean, Brian? How? They won 25 games. That's not championship basketball. They still, they were th third from the bottom. I'm not saying not that. Even play of, not even playoff basketball. They didn't like, even get to the playoff. You know what? They were 10th in the East. They is finished 10th in the East last season. Good. Oh, I guess anything better than bottom is better than last year, I guess. What I'm trying to say is Yo. that they were 10th in the East. Don't get me wrong. They were 10th in the East last season without Russell Westbrook, without John Wall. Only Bradley Beal and a couple of rookies. The second best player was a rookie, Roy Hachimura. He's in the second season. He's improved. You bring in Russell Westbrook, but the team goes down in terms of performance. So how can I'll, you not so be guys, one thing between these guys? Let me just give you one thing between Thomas Bryant and your boy Bertans. Between the two of them, they're averaging nine rebounds a game. Between the two of them, they're averaging three assists per game. Between the two of them, they're averaging 25 points a game. That's, that's Russell Westbrook here, alone. It has to be the point. How is, good are they if they putting up one person's numbers together. How much help are they? Exactly, Mark. That, that should answer your question, Brian, because even though they're putting up one person's numbers, they've still gotten worse from what they were when they're having worse numbers. So who's to blame? Yeah. Everybody in that Washington team has gotten better. But okay, listen. Met the team 30th in the 30-team league in the NBA. So let me just throw out some defensive stats for the Washington Wizards, right? In rebounding, they're currently ranked uh, defensive rebounding, 28th in the league out of 32 right? <laughs> in terms of offensive <laughs> offensive <laughs> rebounds allowed they're actually at two in the second in the league which is quite shocking right number That's two in the bad. league which which, which isn't too bad rebounds allowed they're 21st and then points allowed in the league they're 30th they did last they literally allow the most points in the league out of all teams That's right so bad that's so bad and now we're talking that's about that's a culture thing list that's a culture thing, right? And I'm glad you mentioned culture. Because when you talk about the best offensive team in the league, and I'll be honest, and I mean, I know I'm talking to three big Laker fans here. I don't think we all realized how great the Lakers are playing defense right now. I'm not a man to give dabs to whatever's going on in that place after what's happened. 
But the point is, when you talk about culture, you need a guy that can drive culture, defensive culture, a la, a la Bill Russell, a la um, Hakeem Olajuwon. don't care la, about missed shots. They care about yo, missed defensive positions. Do you understand what I mean, bro? That guy that's holding you accountable. A guy who, guys who use, who use phrases like, dog, I don't block shots. I change shots, right? You're talking Kevin Tim Garnett Duncan in the day. Player. Kevin Garnett, 2008. That was the pinnacle for me. When, when I watched that Celtics team and they were crushing my then Lakers, Kevin Garnett was a, uh, was just, bro, he was just. There is no championship he, team that has happened without one of those dudes in the back. Not with yeah, in the past 10 years. It's just, it's a cultural thing. And look, it always works better if it's a guy who can also do something on offense, right? If you've got your best player wanting to play on both sides of the ball, or at least an all-star caliber type of guy playing on both sides of the ball, you're going to go far. And that's definitely something the Washington Wizards uh, don't have, but it's something that the LA Lakers have. And I just want to yell out some of the Lakers' numbers and where they rank. You guys are going to be shocked, and I'm going to give you a bit of context. In points allowed, the Lakers are second in the NBA. Guys, shade on the A, and I want to give the shout-out here to my boy Shaz. Guess who's number one? I'll give you all a chance. Shine, who do you think number one in points allowed is in the NBA? I have no idea. I thought it was, is it the Kippers? Don't Google, no right? Idea. Don't. Brian, Bucks. don't Google. I, I'm, I'm okay, Shina's calling the Bucks. Brian, who are you calling? I'll give it to the Clippers. Okay, Shaz, who would you guess? I said the Clippers first, yeah. Guys, you're not going to believe me. <laughs> you won't believe me. <laughs> you're going to say it's uh, the Knicks, I'm telling you. The New York Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> verify me, verify me, Oaks. Yeah. You can, to- you can verify me. I'll, you, we can shoot another episode for you to throw shade, right? But I'm throwing out the, the Lakers numbers, right? They're fourth in rebounds allowed. They're fifth in offensive rebounds allowed. Tenth in assists allowed. Okay, I mean, this is, I don't think this is a true indication of defense. 22nd in steals, so that's quite low ranked. Defensive rebounds, fourth. Field goal percentage allowed, 10th. Three-point percentages allowed. This is big. Think about the NBA we live in today. The Lakers are number one. They, they allow the lowest three-point field goal percentage. That means you've got dudes closing out, right? I'm not shooting the three against the Lakers, yeah. It's definitely not Marcus Solskjaer, let's be honest. Um, fourth in blocks, <laughs> seventh, 17th in turnovers. Opposition field goal percentage six sixth, opposition three point percentage, um three third, and then defensive rating their number one across the board. I know there's been a lot said about AD, and I think this started in the playoffs. So one of the biggest things I think Breezy, you were always big on the critique of AD beyond his great production in the playoffs. Though rebounding numbers very inconsistent, right? But beyond that, guys, you cannot account for the defensive leadership of Anthony Davis at the LA Lakers, and I just think. In the midst of his criticisms, I think we just need to just 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 give it up to AD on the on the defensive end. So I'm gonna throw this one to Shaz. Shaz, talk to me about talk to me about the LA Lakers and the defensive effort there, bro. I mean, I I can't say that I can't say that I expected this is what was going on. Yeah, with the Lakers. But but I I did I did just off the players that we got. There are players who really take pride in defense. Where's Matthews, Montrez Harrell, Marcus Morris? All of those guys really, really take pride in defense and Dennis Schroeder. So defensively, we were always going to be tough. And also LeBron James is now locked in on the defensive end. Um, I kind of knew that they were going to step up defensively. And Anthony Davis, big, big thing. I think he's taken a lot of offense by Giannis winning defensive player of the year last year. And I, I, the culture of defense is, is back in LA. My two cents. Shine, dog. I mean, you're big. You you played behind a lot of guys. I was, I was, I was just thinking about like... 
I mean, we've played together a few times, bro. Like, at the best, even with a guy who can't move his feet, when you're playing and you've got a big behind you that is, or a guy behind you that is just giving you instructions, telling you where to be, telling you there's no screen on your left, no screen on your right, keep your hands up, move your feet. Dog, it changes. It even brings guys Look. closer together. You, you can elevate a bad defender with one good communicator. What do you think, do, what, when you talk about the LA Lakers and Anthony Davis' defensive leadership, what do you think about it? I mean, Anthony Davis is definitely leading that team defensively. I remember the last game of the season quite badly, and he came out and said that he blames it on the defense as a lack of defensive intensity. He didn't even go to their terrible offensive game. He went straight to defense, which speaks volume of the type of player he is. But also, I know people will say whatever. I mean, Marc Gasol, like you mentioned, if you're playing defense on the perimeter and your big man is communicating with you, stepping up early enough and doing all of these things, although Marc Gasol's production in terms of on paper is not really there, you can see that yeah. the guys actually do trust him to communicate, to be also sort of like that vocal guy at the back because a lot of times you find Anthony Davis is also playing, defending on the perimeter. So you have a lot of those guys. And I mean, Shaz mentioned the rest of the team. Just defensively from a culture perspective, even Frank Vogel did say this, that he's more focused on defense when he joined the Lakers. People spoke of his days back in Indiana, and I think he's starting to prove that he's a defensively minded coach, you know, and that's yeah. probably why the Lakers are so, so successful, even on nights when they have terrible offensive games. And Vogel was big in the playoffs. I mean, he made that big adjustment against Houston's, Houston last season where he decided to go small. Dwight Howard took him out, played small. I mean, Didn't he made the adjustments, more. yeah, as a defensive coach. I think, you know, I also want to just throw in another thing here, right? Uh, I mean, we are talking about the Lakers in general. LeBron's big night, the 46. Uh, Breezy, I saw the excitement on Twitter for you. And like, I missed the 46 pieces from LeBron. I, I mean, I don't think he's put the foot on the gas. Prob I think it's more of a necessity thing that he doesn't feel he needs to put the foot on the gas, right? But when I saw LeBron go for that 46, I remembered the elusive goal that he's chasing. The Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number one scorer all time. What were those numbers, bro? What did so? What did they say? There was a time they did the calc. What does LeBron have to average? If he averages twenty points a game, he can uh, reach Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in twenty twenty-three. But if he averages yeah, twenty-five points per game, he can catch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar next season's playoffs. So if he averages so twenty-five this season and twenty-five next season, he's caught Kareem. In the can, playoffs. Can I ask a question? Is that is that depending ah, on whether it. we play eighty-two games in a season, or is that that's if yeah, next, next season is eighty-two season. games? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this I think, is taking into account the seventy-two game season this year. I think he'll get. I think he'll get it though because I think he'll definitely play at least two more seasons. But also in the playoffs, his numbers go up. Two. No, no matter what, four, five, just play. Nah, but Brian, 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 I'm, say, I'm saying it, I'm, I'm saying at least as in like, you know, you don't know what could happen. I'm just saying minimum, I think he'll, he'll, I'm saying, I don't think he'll not get it. I, I don't think there's a situation because even when Shine talks about 22 a game, I don't think there's a situation he won't get it, particularly with yeah. the playoff production. Because his exactly. playoff production the is not the same as what's happening almost here. 30. Yeah, it's about at a, at a, at a 30 clip. All right, guys. There's you guys have been thing, hearing about... There's the... another thing, yeah? bro. These assists. LeBron James currently six all-time in assists. And he's like, what? Three, four hundred assists out of top five. If he averages like six or seven for the next two, three years, he could also he get won't into beat top John five. Stockton. Top he, will, he won't beat John Stockton. No one's catching no, him. No one's beating John Stockton. Yeah, Stockton, I don't, bro, I even think those, bro, the, I don't know what, how, I don't know how Stockton, bro, I don't know how he got it. I, there was some longevity there, bro. The mailman. 
<laughs> yeah, you just passed to one guy for his whole career and got every assist he needed. <laughs> but wait, guys, I just want to throw out a, a, a few more things here. Let's talk about the All-Star game. You guys have seen that there's this big chat about the All-Star game potentially happening in Atlanta. Um, personally, I don't, I don't, see, I don't think the game happening is as much of a necessity, right? I think the league should prioritize finishing um, the NBA season. But just before we wrap up, I want to hear from everybody. Give me your Eastern Conference, Western Conference, All Stars, and then we're going to wrap it up. Um, let's start with Brian Sabadi. Starting today, right? As as of today. Yes, as of today. No, Brian, you can just give honestly whoever you want, bro. Just your five <laughs> in the whoever West, your I five in the, the best East. Five. Oh, 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 Liz, you're my guy. Three forwards and two guards. I can live with that. Luca, Steph, LeBron, AD, Nikola Jokic. Oh, no Clipper? Whoa, that's big. Clipper for Club is yeah, I uh, Brian and your 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 East in the East Giannis. I would give <laughs> another center. Damn. Oh, oh, sorry, Joel. Hey, my guy, Joel. Trey Young at the one, Bradley Beal at the two. I feel like I'm missing one more, right? Three, a three, a three. Who, who even plays in the East, man? Oh, I need a three. There you go. There you go, my guy. You know he's been injured for so long. That's my five on both sides. Died, 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 died. Shaz, yell out your your All Stars, bro. East and West. Mm. Let me start in the East. It's easy in the East. It's going to be the three guys from the Nets. So it's going to definitely be at the one. <laughs> yeah. At yeah. The, at, at, the numbers are too strong. Yeah, one, you're not lying. Be, yeah, the numbers are too strong. And then it's going to be Giannis. And then it's going to be uh, Joel Embiid. Um, and then, look, in the West, there's going to be a big conflict at the center. I think it's going to be Jokic, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. And then at the two... Jeez, um, look, at the two, it's either going to be Devin Booker or Paul George. And then, look, it has to be Steph Curry. The numbers are too much. That's right. <laughs> Shine, tell me your Eastern and Western Conference All-Stars. In the East, at the one, I got James Harden. Two, Bradley Beal. Three, KD. Four, Giannis. Five, and B. It's pretty standard. So you're leaving, you're leaving Kyrie out. That's it. All right, let's go. That's a good lineup. He's standard, angry at standard, Kyrie standard. for not for not showing up to practice. Yeah? yeah that's what he gets. Let's not forget, <laughs> Shine's a coach, bro. Shine's a coach. He's strict, yeah? Practice? <laughs> we talking about practice? <laughs> we talking about practice? We talking about practice? A franchise player? You talking about practice? Yeah. I've got Jokic at the five. I've got LeBron as a forward. I've got Paul George as a forward. As the guards, I've got Luka and Steph. I will not put AD in because he's been subpar this season. Okay, I want to throw mine out real quick. Um, the three New Jersey Nets and Embiid and and uh, and Giannis. Giannis. Um, in the West, Steph Curry at the one, undisputed. Um, Paul George at the two, LeBron at the three. Um, AD at the four, I think he's very popular. I think he'll get the vote. And Jokic at the five, I mean, you know, I can't wait to see a Jokic and Embiid. I don't, I mean, they won't match up, but I think they'll both definitely collect it. Um, but that's who we got. Liz, so Luca and Kawhi don't make your team. Probably. Oh no, those guys, they'll be reserves. No, no shadow Kawhi of doesn't make my and, team. And Luca definitely. Been Paul George. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough in that, in that all-star game. All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much for the show. Thank you for joining us on the fast break. Please like, subscribe, and share. We'll see you next week. Peace. All right, Joe. Later, later, later.